0: NBA Australia, how are you going? How you going? It's NBA Strayer, it's Friday, January 28th, all day. TGIF, am I right? Uh, I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. For whomever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff, here in Larry Armour Studios, beset by storms. There's thunder, there's lightning. It's like an Imagine Dragon song out here. <laughs> Anyway, uh, here just chilling out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA season, while trying not to be interrupted by thunder and rain and hail. What is going on with this La Nina? Uh, We're here repping Australia, that's what we do, and I'll tell you what, it's good to be repping it today, especially with the NBA Australia, one of those big days where you're like, ah, cool, and everyone sort of comes together. Aaron Baines, we finally sort of got a bit of insight into uh, what befell the big fella, what befell bangers. ...at the Tokyo Olympics, and it was fucking harrowing. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we've got the All-Star starters all being announced with hilarious results. Uh, LeBron sat out against Embiid versus the Sixers because he's a coward. And uh, we'll talk about both of the games today in the NBA Straight Game Raps. We've got That's Not a Knife, All Mate, No Mate, spot of the Night, Better Than Lonzo Bull, Dickhead of the Week, Legend of the Week, Good Bloke of the Week. A couple of good ones in there, too. I got some Yeah Nazi Unpopular Opinion of the Day in our back take house, where we're serving up a Flame Girl take. And as mentioned on yesterday's show, just going to quickly have a look at sort of a couple of different eras and uh, compare and contrast the amount of stars, young dudes, and old heads sort of floating around and uh, see where we land. Uh, we've got the Australian Player Watch, a <laughs> pretty quick one today, and a Luke Longley Role Player Award for the week. And then we'll preview and pick every single game for the weekend. Won't that be nice? Oh, that would be good. I'm excited. some really good ones tomorrow. Uh, we'll finish up with a Cooking with Bainesy as well, a classic. A classic cooking with Bainsey. And I reckon we'll have a new one for you next week. That'll be fun. All right, let's get to it. Episode 746 of NBA Australia.
1: Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia.
0: Watch out for the Shaq attack. Ah, you better, especially if you're Ben Simmons. Enjoyed Shaq going in on uh, him today. The difference between him and his self-partner, talking about Joel Embiid, he can take criticism without being a crybaby. You don't think I've been criticized by Stephen A., LA, New York media, or the guy I don't, guy I don't respect him. I'll get rid of him. That's uh, Shaq dunking on Ben Simmons, saying that he's afraid and that he's a crybaby. Spot the lie! <laughs> Alright, let's start today's show the way we start every show. Here at NBA Straight with a daily whip around. That's right, bangers. So it was a uh, pretty gnarly story to wake up to this morning. A uh, big story by Brian Windhurst on ESPN about bangers and what happened in Tokyo. And look, this is one of those things like we've heard sort of behind the scenes that it was obviously super fucking serious and they were very, 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 very worried early on about bangers. And uh, to get this sort of level of detail, though, was really eye-opening. And to be honest, like, pretty gratifying. So of just going, God damn, so that's what happened. The poor bugger. Like, it is crazy. So to sort of lay it out, like, just go read the story. It is fucking harrowing. It's heart-wrenching. It is just absolutely incredible. And to be honest, the fact that he's come back and he's walking is pretty fucking inspiring. So go check it out. But basically, it talks about how... Between the uh, third and fourth quarters against Italy, he's running to the toilet, ends up on the floor with two puncture wounds in his arm with zero fucking clue what happened. Which is absolutely crazy, obviously. Not as crazy as then. They put him on a stretcher, and he still needed to take a lash. He tried to get off the stretcher and realized he couldn't walk. Yeesh! Fucking hell. So, the thing is, like, you, if you remember watching this game, like, uh, you know, we were live streaming it, obviously... It's so like, what happened to bangers? And he's just sort of gone. And he had fallen on his neck and head a couple of days pre- previous against uh, when they played Nigeria, right? It was like one of those things where he set out the second half of the game and we're like, oh, has there been like a flare-up of something out of this game? Turns out no. And he had two puncture wounds in his arm. So it sort of feels like he was going like around the corner. He Did he, did he slip? Did he black out? He doesn't know. And... There was apparently two, you know, hooks on the wall for where you'd hang a towel, etc. And it sort of seems like uh, he might have cannoned into that. But either way, he did sort of, the quote was, the loneliest time in my life was laying in that hospital, going in and out of consciousness, going over my life plan and my goals and just crying. It's like, holy shit. So after that sort of uh, neck injury that he copped, after he slipped off the rim against Nigeria, right, so he'd... Uh, Lathered up his hands with the old uh, hand sanitizer and slipped off the rim and set out the second half of that game. But He was on some pretty hardcore pain meds anyway just to keep playing. Uh, but after this uh, this incident, he couldn't like move his left arm and hand and stuff. and uh, it sort of seems that like as I was sort of trying to take him out and get him to the hospital, he was quite as saying over about a half hour, I really started to deteriorate. And uh, Dally was like, yeah, he was in a bad way. And then it's like, can he play in the rest of the tournament? then it's like, fuck, is he actually just going to be okay? So he's taken to the ambulance and put through like, you know, a bunch of scans. The MRI shows that he's got internal bleeding. It was putting pressure on his spinal cord. So at that point, when they start talking about spinal cords and shit like that, you're like, fuck right off out of here. The Japanese doctors, and this is the big thing as well. You can just feel the sort of frustration because during COVID, uh, obviously in a state of emergency, no one could really go with him. He was struggling to communicate with the Japanese doctors and nurses there, and they're like, "Yo, we're gonna like have to do surgery to relieve the pressure on your spine." And he's like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Hang on." And he's like messaging back with his agent and all this sort of stuff, and they're like trying to get Aussie doctors and trying to get the team doctor involved, and uh, an Aussie doctor neuro uh, neurosurgeon's sort of on the phone to him at two a.m. and uh, saying, "Look, we've sort of treated something like this before." Like some, uh, he's a uh, raft of medication and some, uh, physio stuff that we can maybe do to sort of sort it out. And that's kind of it. Like, he was then stuck in a fucking hospital while the boomers were trying to win a medal, while not being able to, like, get out of the fucking hospital bed, not being able to stand. And he, he's, like, sort of recalling the idea, like, when the boomers won the medal game against Slovenia, uh, he's just on some crazy pain meds and the nurses sort of jacked him up with the, uh, the uh, intravenous, the IV sort of painkillers, like as soon as they'd sort of won, he's like, nah, but I want to watch the goddamn medal ceremony and shit, ah, he had to set like alarms on his phone to wake himself up, and oh, anyway, it's crazy, so apparently throughout that time is trying to just stand, because they wouldn't send him home if he couldn't stand, uh, he's on crazy pain meds, the swelling goes down a little bit, the best part of the story, beyond like just the inspirational vibe of Bangers being able to now fucking walk again, which is incredible, was that Nathan Sobey and our man Delhi King Delhi himself, they snuck into the hospital to see Bangers and give him his goddamn bronze medal, the rose gold medal, by posing as doctors. What? That is amazing, Delhi, you legend. Sobey, you legend. Bangers made a joke about it. Yeah, Delhi got an online degree. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. All I can see is it, like it's scrubs, but it's like Soabs in Delhi, and they're like pulling on shit. And like putting on a stethoscope. <laughs> it's like, no, I am a doctor. Seriously. Uh, but fucking hell, man. It's up to his eleventh eleventh day in the hospital that he could actually finally stand again. And sort of move around a little bit and actually uh, stack cups and the just just the sheer level of just fucking insanity of that was when they talk about how he was like face timing with his family. He's got a six-month-old uh, kid, and they were stacking cups as well. So he gets a medical flight home. He's anaesthetised and on his back for the entire flight home. He spends a month in hospital and quarantine afterwards. He goes from wheelchair to walker to walking, which is absolutely fucking unreal. So you get through this story just going, God damn. And so this is, in the last week, we've obviously gotten a bunch of the photos from bangers, Just talking about, look, you know, I'm rehabbing. I'm trying to get back. Uh, It's been a fucking ordeal. And now we get the actual sort of layout of the ordeal. And it's like, yeah, it's about as, like, worse as we could have possibly imagined. And Bangers is so fucking tough to get through that. Like, that's just the next level of tough. And my second favorite bit of this story is at the end of it, he's like, yeah, I want to play in the NBA again next year. Have you seen how the refs have called it this year? It's way more physical. You know how much fucking wood I could lay? Heaps! Get me back out there! It's like, yes. Prayer fucking hands up for bangers. Ah. So now, he's going to have to, uh, you know, try to fight his way back to the league. 35. We love him. We support him. He's hoping he makes it. Bangers, we fucking love you, big fella. Right! Other news. Jesus. I don't know. Did anyone else get pretty fucking emotional reading that story as well? Just like, holy shit, just the depths of fucking despair that the poor bugger was in. They didn't have a goddamn hospital bed big enough for him. They had another bed at the fucking foot of his existing one to put his feet on. Jesus. Not being able to communicate in a fucking foreign goddamn country. And they want to fucking do surgery on your spine. No thanks. Unbelievable. Anyway, love you, bangers. The All-Star starters were announced, which was hilarious. In the East, as expected, Kevin Durant gets the most votes. You've got Giannis, you've got Embiid, you've got Trey Young, you've got DeMar DeRozan there. And in the West, LeBron, Joker, Steph, Ja, Andrew Wiggins, question mark. That's right, Maple Jordan. in his first ever All-Star appearance is a starter. Unbelievable. So we'll talk about this again in a second. But uh, this is LeBron's 18th spot, which is incredible. Ties with Kobe. They're both one behind Kareem. Uh, and it's very nice as well to see all the touching tributes this week from uh, about Kobe again, wasn't it? Uh, the second anniversary of his passing, and he and his daughter. Very sad. It's just like one of those things like, God damn, two years. Uh, anyway, the craziest part is so Wigo only receives like four votes from the media out of 98 And he still makes an all-star starter because Rueda Gobert got 64 of the 98 votes from the media. Doesn't finish top five, though, because the weighting of the fan vote and then the uh, player vote is uh, 50-25-25, right? So we go. Just the sheer weight of that fan vote and even a couple of those uh, media votes was enough to get him over the top, which is absolutely fucking psycho and awesome. (laughs) um, And because because he got those four media votes... Like, that sort of pops him up to, uh, like, sixth or so, I think, in the total overall media list, and that got him through. Uh, Some other weird things. Ben Simmons got two votes from players to be an all-star. He hasn't played this year, obviously, because he's a giant fucking sook. Uh, Grayson Allen, one of the most hated players in the NBA, also got two votes. Kyrie Irving got 25. Mallow got 20. Clay Thompson's barely played, and he got nine. Steven Adams, though, 22 votes. Oh, brutal. I think I should definitely be some sort of all star Hebrew. Eh, oh, that'll be sweet, as he? Uh, Jared Vanderbilt got 10. Crowder got 10. Lamarcus Aldridge got 9. Derek Rose, 9 votes. Love it. Uh, Nicky Claxton, 8 votes. Kyle Anderson, PJ Washington got 7. Uh, Santi Aldemar got 5 votes. Andre Drummond, oh, God, 5 votes. My favorite, though, uh, DJ Augustine, who has been trashed on this program <laughs> wide and far got four votes, the same amount as our man! Rock'em, sock'em, block'em, jock'em, Landale. So how about the rest of the Aussies? How did they go? Well, a bit of the Australian player watch. Uh, Paddy Thrills gets one vote. He was 22nd in fan voting, though, was Paddy Thrills for the East Backcourt, which is uh, not bad, you know? Jingle's got one vote as well from the... Uh, so the votes are the player votes as well, right? So... 47th in fan voting, though, for jingles. A bit tough. Uh, Benny Simmons, as mentioned, two votes. He was 24th in van vote, fan voting, which is hilarious as well. Aussie Matty T also got two votes from his uh, peers. He was 43rd in fan voting, unfortunately. Josh Green, zero votes, but he was 69th. Nice, in fan voting. So good job, Josh Green. I'll tell you what, giddy, though. Giddy up! Six All-Star votes. He was the 16th-ranked 16th West backcourt guy. And thirtieth in the fan ranking. On you, giddy the mop top number. Off he goes, and rock him, sock him, block him. Jockham Landell, as mentioned, gets his four all star votes from his peers. Seventy fourth in the fan rankings. So <laughs> pretty low down, but great job, Jock. You love to see it. Uh, what else was there? I mean, Rusty got three votes from players, which is hilarious. Malik Monk got six. Trevor Ariza got four. Trevor Ariza got more all star votes from the other players than Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> but it does feel like Nets, Grizz, Hornets, and the Sixers sort of voted for their teammates more than everybody else. Um, Levine had more player votes than Trey Young, which was hilarious. Uh, which is one of those things where it's like real hoopers know, but the fan and media votes voted for Trey. So interesting stuff. What do you reckon? All star votes? Is it pretty interesting? Because I think it's pretty interesting. Interesting stuff. Yeah, Bol Bol got two votes as well. <laughs> That's great stuff. And obviously a million dudes got one vote because they voted for themselves or a teammate did. Right, other news, Donnie Mitchell. Oh, there's the uh, smoke Smoke. Uh, the smoke signals are going up. There's a bit of buzz. Those folks in Mitchell's uh, circle reckon he's a bit too big of a star to be in Salt Lake City. And uh, others think that it's only a matter of time before he joins the Knicks. The Knicks are a first-round exit from the Yaz, from Donovan Mitchell being in New York, they reckon. Oh, here we go. Uh, Fascinating vibes to that because I'm not sure how that's going to (laughs) happen. It's like, cool. You know that he is under contract for a million more years and also has professed his love for the Jazz pretty ad nauseum. But I guess if the Jazz, if it all sort of goes a bit sideways in these playoffs, you can see maybe just the old wink-wink, nudge-nudge, I'd like to get out of here kind of vibe. Uh, Other Knicks news, Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, Alec Burks. uh, Turns out they're on the trading block.
1: No shit, Sherlock.
0: Can we get a big, uh, great day of history? Oh, duh! There you go. Kemba, Evan Fournier, Alec Burks. You mean all of their underperforming dudes that they uh, are basically not being able to play anymore because they suck too much.
1: Yeah, oh, gee, I think we'd like to trade some of these
0: guys, you think? And even Julius Randle for the right trade package. It looks like the Knicks have moved on from him. Again... No fucking shit. Other news, Nasir Little. Ah, this one sucks. I, I only just kind of glossed over it yesterday, but he left the game late. Uh, Blazers, Mavs. He had a left labral tear in his shoulder for Nasir Little, so he's probably out for the rest of the season, which absolutely fucking stinks. God damn it. I love Nasir Little. Like, And this is the thing. like, You want to see the Blazers sort of blow it up, rebuild from here, roll out Anthony Simons, roll out Nasir Little, see what they've got. And then see a little goes out. It's just fucking blazes luck, man. Anyway. Right, let's do some game maps from today. Game maps, game maps, game, game maps, games, game maps, game maps, game maps, game maps, game maps, game And they're brought to you by Manscaped. That's right, Manscaped.com. Right, Manscaped. I'll tell you what. It's almost February. And you know what's in February? Oh, jeez, bro. It's the Valentine's Day. Hey, yes, that's right. Now, mates of Manscaped are working hard on the never ensure your valentines Day is one to remember So don't turn this day of romance into Independence Day with aliens blowing up your junk. Get in control with their Performance Package 4.0. That includes their signature lawnmower 4.0. One of the single greatest additions to your bathroom you'll ever have. So you can join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code STRAYER and you'll get 20% off from free shipping. I'll tell you what, contrary to popular belief, love is not blind when you can't see past the love jungle. So, I'll tell you what, you're heading into Valentine's Day, you need to have your junk sorted. If not just for you, then for the person that might be partaking in that junk on Valentine's Day. It's not do yourself a favour, it's do them a favour. Come on. Get rid of the blinders, sort yourself out, you know, chop their initials into your pubes, do whatever you got to do. Either way... The performance package will leave you with more dating app notifications than Cupid has arrows. You got tools left, right, and center. You got the performance package 4.0, which has the lawnmower 4.0, which is unreal, and it's just like this household, no bloody nicks. That's what it's all about. It's got the light, ah, oh, the skin-safe technology. It's unreal. You also get the weed whacker, which is the uh, nose and ear hair trimmer to get rid of all that sort of stuff. And geez, tell you what, it's pretty bloody good. You've also got the uh, manscaped. Cop preserver, the crop preserver. That's right, the ball deodorant and the ball tone, and the crop reviver. You got the preserver and the reviver. You need that. I'll tell you what, it makes a world of difference. Keeps you fresh. Oh yes. So look after your nether regions this time of year, and you've even got the refined cologne, just to make sure that uh, you know it's all pretty good down there. It smells great. <laughs> so manscaped, Scott, you covered this Valentine's Day. So get yourself the gift that you and your date we'll both appreciate. Remember, you can't buy love, but you can buy a clean pair of bulls. So get 20% off from free shipping with the code STRAYER at Manscaped. That's 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use that code STRAYER. Help tame that love jungle you've got in your pants with Manscaped. Alright. Now, with all that in mind, Philly! They pants the Lakers. 105.87 today, didn't they? Bit of a smashing without LeBron. Uh, look, the Lakers were kind of in this early. AD was going pretty hammering songs, and like him versus Embiid was really fun. Rusty never really quite got into a groove. And that was the problem, though. Like, none of the other Lakers outside of AD and Rusty even threatened to look good. Like, Mellow had a couple of moments, but still, look, no other, like, Laker outside of Dwight hit better than 25% of their shots outside of AD and Rusty. 25%. That is just jaw dropping. Like, holy shit. So they get the close during that second quarter, yet Air Corkman's taking off, which is pretty crazy. Uh, But then they just got smashed in the third quarter, and the Sixers sort of ran away with it, especially in the back half of the fourth quarter, where the Lakers just threatened enough, but the Sixers weirdly just always sort of had a bit of an answer. And the answer was Joel Embiid and sort of Tobias Harris filling in the gaps. But the Lakers, look, they shot 40% from the floor, only 6 of 29.
1: Gross!
0: From three, with 17 turnovers. AD was good, though, 31 and 12, and only his second game back. He had four blocks. And looked, uh, look... I'll tell you what, I could definitely go seven games of watching Embiid and AD go at it. Uh, 14 of 21 he shot, pretty bloody good. Rusty had 24 and 3, he shot 9 of 15, but no one else did anything. Malik Monk, 3 of 13. Stanley Johnson, turned back into Stanley Johnson, two points on one of six shooting. Melo, is it me you're looking for? Carmelo Anthony went 4 of 11 as well. Uh, Also, there was like a weird sort of jawing with the crowd from Mallow with some funky racist overtones and undertones uh, from that fucky sort of crowd. So hopefully that dude gets banned. Uh, I'll talk about that again in a second. But yeah, look, too many of the Lakers dudes were off, and every time they sort of eked a bit closer, Joel Embiid did what MVPs do and went, Fuck it. I'm going to the hole. I'm going to get fouled. And we'll just keep getting points. (laughs) And he just kept them chugging along. Which is a crazily important aspect of like, you know, winning games when you need some points just to move that score along. If suddenly you can't hit a shot, and he can do it better than just about anybody in the league right now, so that was awesome. Big win for Philly. Embiid ends up with twenty six, nine, and seven with two blocks, eight of thirteen at the free throw line. Tobias Harris, the never knew twenty three points for him. He played a really good game. He was ten of fifteen from the floor, three of five from three. I still will say that he is one of the most anonymous scorers of 23 points you'll ever watch. But anyway, uh, Tobias Harris had 14... Uh, not Tobias Harris. Tyrese Maxey had 14, 7, and 10. He was awesome. George Niang was really good too. He had 14 points. He went 4 of 6 from 3. Danny Green hit three threes. threes. You love to see that. Matty T, Aussie Matty T, had 4 steals. He was crushing it. He played a great game too. Uh, just stripped AD at one point off they went. Uh, the Lakers dropped to 24 and 25. The Sixers are now twenty nine and nineteen. And look, the way that Embiid's playing, it's like it's good. That's gnarly. You're happy. You're also like at some point we're gonna like reduce the toll on him, don't we? Like they're they're now tied with the Nets, uh, in the four five spots in the east. Uh only you know, a half game back of the Cavs in three, which is still crazy to say, isn't it? Cleveland to three. Cleveland And then the Bulls and heat above them. So the Sixers, look, as long as they stay in the top six, it's cool, but they're putting a lot of uh, stress on the old MP. Anyway, and then the second game for today was the uh, T-Wolves getting their ass handed to them by the Warriors down the stretch. 124-115. Fun game. Weird game. Carl Anthony Towns went absolutely fucking ham in the first half. The Warriors went 7 of 8 from downtown in the first quarter, but 3 of 13 inside the arc, and the Wolves were awesome. Carl Anthony Towns was putting dudes in, like, the Hurt Locker, scoring inside, looking like Kareem at points. Uh... They had a bit of a grind to them in the second quarter. I loved it. The problem was they just couldn't hit any fucking shots outside of that, right? Like, Towns went ham. He was dominating. He had 23 in the first half. The Wolves led at half time. And the Warriors were really struggling to manufacture like good shots without Draymond, right? Like they especially close in. They couldn't quite get any finishing. Like Wiggins hit three or four from three. He was basically keeping them in it. Clay was rolling a little bit, and then bang, in the second half, Clay and Steph really got off to a flyer and off they went. There was like a 12-1 run at the start of the third, and they were off. The Wolves lose D-low to, like, a calf contusion, and the Warriors get up. But, look, a 10-zip run by Minnesota at the start of the fourth, got it back to six, and it sort of stayed in that sort of – it was like an arm wrestle back and forth from then on, right? Like, they get it down to six, and the Warriors would always answer. They'd force a turnover, whatever, and then Curry sort of brought them home, right? Like, they, especially down the stretch in those last couple of minutes, like, it was back down to six again, back down to eight – and then boom, you'd have like a loony dunk and then that capper right at the end, a big step three, and the game was over. But the big problem was like, I mean, the Wolves just, I think at one point in that fourth quarter, the rest of like uh, that weird Wolves team, I think Noel was o of 5, Malik Beasley was 0 of 8 from 3, and Ant-Man was 0 of 6. At least Ant-Man did hit like two threes after that. It ends up 2 of 11 though. So Cat... After the 23-point first half, ends up with 31 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. I'm oh, not bad, man. But still, after that first half, you wouldn't want a bit more. 27-6-6 six and six for Anthony Edwards. Uh, but the 2 of 11 shooting. Brutal. d in his 20 minutes. Look, he was doing a lot of good stuff. But I don't know, man. 8 points on 10 shots. It's classic d 5 assists. Uh, Noel had 10 points. Vanderbilt did a little bit of everything. 9 points, 8 rebounds, 3 steals. He was very, very handy but they just don't have enough when Malik Beasley goes 2 of 11 and 0 of 8 from 3 and Noel goes 0 of 5 from downtown uh, that'll 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 sink you a bit especially with Ant-Man going 2 of 11 so anyway uh meanwhile for the Warriors the Warriors went 21 of 36 from downtown <laughs> they hit 11 more threes Yeesh! unbelievable that's how you get by with eight more turnovers 18 to 10 uh, but Steph ends up with 29, 8, and 6. He goes 6 of 10 from downtown. Clay goes 5 of 9 from 3 for his 23 points. 19 for Air Wiggins. Maple Jordan. Love that. Air Canada. 19 points. 5 of 8 from 3. I'm an all-star, Mum! Oh, I'm an all-star, eh? Uh 19 points for Jordan Poole as well. He was very handy. He hit a massive shot in the fourth quarter. That was like a super hard one. They're just off balance, rattled around and in. And that was pretty much the game from there. Good win. For the Warriors, uh, the Wolves dropped to 24-24. and 24. The Warriors now thirty six and 13 And what's the NBA's rare-approved performance of the night? <laughs> that's
1: not a knife.
0: That's a knife. Oh, that's a knife. Look, this is a pretty easy one. Embiid, and then literally the knife was Steph Curry as well. Because uh, as soon as he got going late, it was like, yeah, pack her up, boys. It's over. 6 of 10 from downtown, 10 of 20 from the floor, 29 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, four turnovers, but he did have three steals. So he was doing a little bit of everything, was uh, Steph. And it wasn't quite the classic. Like, he couldn't quite get rolling early, but then he got rolling late, and you're like, hello. Uh, but at Joel Embiid, I feel like just the relish in which he took uh, going at Anthony Davis was fucking unreal fun. Uh, so he doesn't like, you know, we've gotten used to these insane stat lines from Embiid. It was like 43, 18, and 6. So today, with the 26, 9, and 7, with a couple of blocks, shooting 9 and 20. He missed all five of his threes, which is probably like the bigger dampener on his stats more than anything. But I think more importantly was just the way that he sort of controlled this game, right? He's like, ah, are we struggling to manufacture points? Sweet. I'll just go to the hole, go to the hoop, I'll get fouled, and we'll go to the free throw line. I'll settle this down. Seriously, the only other person who went to the free throw line for the Sixers all game was Tyrese Maxey. Nobody else on the Sixers attempted a fucking free throw. So, no one else is being wildly aggressive or anything. And Embiid was. So, he stepped up, put his team on his back, got them the win. Big win over the Lakers. So, there you go. There's two NBA Australia approved performances of the night. How about Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 Spud,
1: Spud, 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 Spot
0: of the night. There was a couple of there. Austin Reeves uh, should have listened harder to LeBron when LeBron was uh, giving him those instructions last game. 0 of 4 goes Austin. 0 of 3 from downtown in 23 minutes. He was a minus 16. Not ideal. Uh, but the big problem was like Malik Monk goes 3 of 13. 1 of 6 from downtown as well. That's the Malik Monk experience, right? I can drop 20 and then tomorrow, guess what? I'm going 3 of 13. Sucked in, dickheads. Uh, but really... I think the spot of the night easily has to go to Malik Beasley, who it feels like shot the Wolves out of that game. Like in the second half, he's like, nah, man, I'm about to get hot. And he's like, D-Lo does this all the time, so can I do it? It's like, Malik Beasley, you're not as good as D-Lo. You're not as good as Ant-Man. Mate, sit the fuck down. 20 minutes, four points, two of 11 shooting, 0 of 8 from downtown with one turnover and one assist. Malik Beasley, What are you doing? That was 100% like just sacrificing your team, just sort of like, nah, 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 I'm going to get hot, man. Uh, Jalen Noel didn't really help out with his uh, 0 of 5 from downtown and Anthony Edwards with his 2 of 11, but still, absolutely brutal. Malik Beasley, you really fucked us. Uh, Who was Old Mate No Mates, though? Old Mate No
1: Mates. Old Mate No Mates. Old Mate
0: No Mates. Old Mate No Mates. Old Mate No Mates. Who's got no mates today? Oh, this is actually, they're just really good mates. Is that Joel Embiid after the game was like, hey man, I was giving Tyrese Maxi some shit because he got his first double double tonight. Thank you for finally being a point guard. (laughs) I enjoyed that. That was uh, pretty good from Joel Embiid. Uh, He was saying it with a big smile on his face, giving him shit and uh, saying that, you know, Maxi does a bunch of other stuff that's really good for the team, obviously, all the time and they're like best mates. So I very much enjoyed Embiid having a dig at Maxi for finally getting 10 assists. (laughs) Pantsing of the night. Uh, Maddie T stripping AD was pretty nice, but this kind of felt like, uh, in terms of pantsings, it really was like Embiid going, uh, he could have given Anthony Davis that he's too small. Look, he's too small, he's too small to guard me, because every time AD was kind of like, I'm going to slow down Embiid. Embiid's like, you can't. Hey. Zip, pants. Tough Saints Better than
1: Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think gonna get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. He's coming for
0: everybody. Coming for everybody. Jordan Poo. He was awesome. 19 points, three rebounds, five assists. And a steal. He shot five of ten from the floor, three of four from downtown, and was cool as a cucumber at the free throw line. Six of six was Paul, and uh, I very much enjoyed the pull experience. I always do, and it's like one of those things. Like, all right, now you've got Clay back on your team. You're the 28th pick from a couple of years back. You've been lighting it up this year. How are you going to go coming off the bench? And he delivered today. I loved it. So great job by Jordan Poole today. Better than Lonzo Ball. And then let's rattle them off, dickheads of the week. DICKHEAD OF THE week. Uh The dickheads in Philly getting kicked out because uh, all reports have uh, him calling Carmelo Anthony boy. I mean, come the fuck on, man. Get in the bin. Just get in the fucking bin. A, racist. B, look, come on. What are you doing? If you're saying boy to a grown-ass man, A, wildly disrespectful. B, again, racist. So fuck off. Get in the bin, you dipshit. And, uh, no, it was just, wasn't. uh, no, you can't call a grown-ass man boy with all the racial connotations of that, you idiot, and get away with it. So I'm glad that Carmelo called him out and fuck him. Uh, Good bloke of the week. Uh, I enjoyed that Jose Alvarado, so he and Embiid got a couple of uh, texts the other day, right? Pelicans against the Sixers, and Embiid reached out and he said he's going to pay for the fine (laughs) of the tech foul that they got. So what a legend. How good's Joel Embiid? But Legends of the Week obviously just has to go. My absolute favorite part of that banger story beyond him just like recuperating was Dally and Sobe. King Dally and Sobes. Sobe one Kenobi sneaking into the hospital. Do you reckon Sobe one Kenobi used a bit of a Jedi mind trick? We are, in fact, doctors. Yes, you guys are doctors and you can go past. Sneaking into the hospital to go give bangers his rose gold medal (laughs) to pretending to be doctors. That is fucking amazing. And just all-time legendary shit. That's legendary stuff! That's why they're the legends of the week. And of course, so is Bangers. What a return. What a story. Heartbreaking, heart wrenching, and still wildly inspiring. All right, let's do some quick Yenars right after this. This is Cam
1: Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kadi. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington. Or commonly known as were, though, and you're listening to NBA Australia.
0: You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA
1: Australia. And you're listening to NBA
0: Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Let's do it. Yeah, now is brought to you by thedailylicker.com. That's right. Here in Melbourne, look, storm time at the moment, but still. Lockdown's over. Don't go anywhere without some booze this summer. So go to thedailyliquor.com liquor.com. bring the booze to you. The online bottle-o. Don't go to the bottle-o and get the Omicron. Now drop this off at your door, rona-free. Boom. Beer, wines, cocktails, all the other fun stuff in between. Go check it out. Thedailyliquor.com from East 9th Brewing. It's from the Melbourne metro area. You get same-day delivery if you order before noon. So check it out. And if you're banging the code Strayer you get a free six-pack of the delicious, wildly drinkable Dos Blocos XPA. So check it out, and you get a free sixer on me with that code Australia. Right. Yeah, Nas. A good one. Brad McEgan, He said, a cheeky yeah, nah for today, Jimmy. Team fan base has missed a trick by not pulling a Zaza and making an all-star that they can then trade for Box Hill Benny. Yeah, nah. I mean... Brad did then nail this on the head because he then followed up when going, oh, also, is this what Golden State's plan was with Wigo? Yeah, nah, it kind of feels like it, right? <laughs> it's like, but yeah, at least at least we got an all-star back for Ben. It's like, you got Andrew Wiggins. It's not a real all-star. <laughs> I do love that. Like, just creating an all-star out of nothing. Like, Malik Beasley, all-star. So, we got all the Wolves fans, all the worldwide, all 18 of them to vote at once. Um, but yeah, they did miss a trick. But I do love it, like, because that's the next one here. Is Wiggins being an all star okay? Yeah, nah, yes! Fuck yes! I don't care. I think it should be a flat fan vote. Fuck the media. Who gives a shit what journalists and fucking Sports Center presenters and ESPN shit think? It's a game for the fans. Oh. But we take our job very seriously, and we need this to be the game of record. It, the game's a fucking exhibition. It's for the fans. You can't get your fucking panties in a twist then and if Andrew Wiggins gets voted in, and the media are like, oh, well, we didn't really vote him in. It's like, well, you're not listening to the fucking fans then, are you, dickheads? <laughs> Make it 100% the fan vote. Let's get fucking weird. I've been saying this for years, ever since the Zaza thing was actually popping off. I don't care. Oh, but we need to get the best ones in there. The fans vote who the best ones are. It's as simple as that. Simple as that, so off we go. Does it suck, though, that the Warriors have two All-Star starters and the Suns, who are demonstrably a better team, have zero? Does that suck? Yeah, nah, again, nah. Fuck it. Get better fans, Phoenix. Devin Booker, run a better campaign, idiot. (laughs) CP3, same vibes. If you can't look, the fact is... I think the question is more that the NBA should just get rid of positional designations for both all-star. Maybe all-NBA should basically still stay relatively, uh, you know, position-ish. But the all-star, who gives a fuck? Like, just get the five most popular dudes, like, into the starting lineups and away you go. The ten most popular folks, right? That's what we're here for. All-NBA is more of a... uh, serious vote of record about who were the 15 best players in the NBA that year. All-Star is just a fucking exhibition game. So, which is fun. So we need fun players in it. You know? Oh, speaking of which, are those All-Star jerseys completely not of fucking trash? Yeah, nah. Of oh, fucking course, yeah. I, I tweeted this out. I mean, massive props to Nike for completely giving up, throwing their hands in the air and going, fuck it, when it comes to the All-Star jerseys. They've not had a good one yet. They've all been shit. I mean, what are you going to do? Try? In this economy? To make good jerseys? No. Why would on earth would we do that beyond, I don't know, people maybe wanting to fucking buy them? What a shit show. These look like shitty practice jerseys. And the weird thing is, if Nike aren't going to do it, then like, why not give it to a different company that could do some weird shit? Like, give it to our man Nick Tan. He'd design the fuck out of some All-Star jerseys. Speaking of which, the NBL should just turn to him and get him to do all theirs at the same time. But at the same time, come on. Nike, pull your finger out of your fucking bum. What are you doing? That's atrocious. That's a train wreck. These are your best players, and you're going to outfit them like the fucking Nary Warren under 12s. What's going on? Anyway, unpopular opinion of the day. Now
1: look at me,
0: please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Uh, Look at me. me. So I mentioned this one yesterday, uh, how we have more talent, more young talent right now than at any other point in NBA history, and sort of – I was sort of all I wanted to do was sort of sit down and rattle off like the top thirty players in a couple of different eras, and that's uh, what I sort of did. And I'll tell you what, not far off it. Look, mid eighties: Larry, Magic, Kareem, Worthy, MJ, Hakeem, Ralph Sampson, Isaiah Thomas, Kevin McHale, Sidney Moncrief, Dominique Wilkins, Alex English. Uh, you got the X men Tom Chambers, Chuck Barkley, Clyde Drexler. Young Carl Malone, Adrian Dantley, Alvin Robertson, Rolando Blackman. And then you've got the old heads like Dr. J still hanging around, Moses Malone, Bob McAdoo, Andrew Toney, Bernard King, Jack Sigma. George Girvin was still in the league at that point. Uh, Alvin Adams was still around. Artis Gilmore in the mid-'80s. The problem was, like, it was really sort of just the top flight of the young dudes who sort of stuck around for ages and ages and ages. And then I think about the early to mid-'90s. So I got to 30, like just like that, right? Patrick Ewing as well. Um, yeah, smashed 30 really quickly with the mid-80s. And that's why you could sort of see it boom from then on, right? It wasn't just... Like, we sort of tend to wax nostalgic about specific players. Go, like, oh, well, it was, it was Larry and Magic who saved the NBA. It's like they helped popularize it again in very easily digestible green versus yellow, uh, a white... Like, superstar, a black superstar, playing different styles. It was awesome. Both, like, wildly fun players. And MJ obviously rises to prominence. But at the same time, like, the reason the mid-80s were so cool is because of, like, dudes like Alex English, who scored the most points in the entire 80s. You know? It was early 80s. It was Dr. J. It was Isaiah Thomas getting better and better and better. It was Hakeem and Ralph Sampson randomly being fucking awesome for, like, 1986 and knocking off the Lakers. Like, it's all this sort of cool shit. And then Patrick Ewing and sort of those young dudes coming along, Chuck. And then the same thing happened in the early mid-90s where you had MJ Pippen, Hakeem, Shaq, Charles Barkley still, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, the Admiral, Alonzo Mourning, Larry Johnson, my beloved Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, Malone and Stockton, Dikembe Mutombo, uh oh, 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 Reggie Miller, Mark Price, Brad Doherty, you still had Dominique, you still had Joe Dumas, you had Chris Mullen, you had Tim Hardaway, you had Mitch Richmond. You had Penny Hardaway, you had KJ, you had C-Webb, Nick Anderson, Derek Coleman, Kenny Anderson, Drazen, Vin Baker, Sprewell, Mookie Blaylock, the Triple Js, I already talked about them yesterday. Down there in Dallas, Steve Smith, Gran Hill, the big dog, Glenn Robinson. And you're like, here we go. This is the early to mid-90s, off we go. And I smashed 30 in absolutely no time ripping that off. And that's sort of where you look at the late nineties, early thousands is where it's sort of like it was really top heavy yet. AI, Kobe, Shaq, Timmy D, KG, Ray Allen, Stephen Marbury, J Kid, Malone Stockton, still sort of slowly hanging around. Stackhouse, C Web, The Admiral coming to the end of his big reign. Obviously MJ sort of came back at the very uh, you know, start of the thousands with uh, Washington, it wasn't quite the same. Old ass Reggie Miller, Wade, old ass Vlade, old Dikembe, old Gary Payton. You sort of had like the last vestiges of those weird Knicks teams. You had um, Allen Houston. You got Anthony Mason still hanging on, and then you got the rise of the young dudes at that point: Tracy McGrady, Vince, Ron Artest, Jermaine O'Neal, Sheed, Elton Brand, Michael Finley, Steve Francis. But then it sort of tails off again, right? And like getting to thirty, there it was pretty easy, but like it was very top heavy. And it felt the same in the late thousands, where it was like top heavy, and then it was young dudes. So you got Kobe, LeBron, Dirk, Nash, Wade, Timmy D, Dwight Howard, KG, Mello, Pierce, Ray Allen, Chris Paul, Yao, Pau Gasol, Amari, Bosh, Tony Parker. That's the bunch of legend, And then you got the young dudes coming through: KD, Russ, Blake, D Rose, Paul George, Steph, Brandon Roy. Prayers up, Lamarcus Aldridge, Rondo, Kevin Love, Rupi. Oh, and on and on and on. You had Gilbert Arenas coming, like, basically, early, he was, like, mid-thousands, and then by the late-thousands, still a star, but then it just all fell apart with those knee injuries. Anton Jamison. But, hey, and now, now, as soon as I started writing for now, I just kept going. KD, Giannis, Joker, Joel. Jar Steph, Harden, AD, Butts, Middleton, Gobert, Donnie Mitchell, Devin Booker, Dame, Kawhi, Paul George, Chris Paul, Jam and Jamal Murray, bam, Adebayo, Kyrie, Jason Dayton, Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, Fred Van Vliet, the Fighting Van Lates, the Suvlaki King, Drew Holiday, Cat D'Lo, Spindles, Brad Bill, Damata Rosen, Big Buddha Carl Lowry, CP3, Vooch, and that's even before you get to the younger, younger, younger younger dudes. Luca, Trey, SGA, Ant-Man, LaMelo, Darius Garland, Mobley, Cade Cunningham, Franz Wagner, hello, Lonzo, DeJunte, Giddy, Zion, D-Fox, and you've still got old heads floating around like Melo and Dwight. I think I've maybe proved my point. Just the amount of names that you can say right now is like, holy shit. You can do a top fifty almost off the top of your head in the NBA right now. You could do it in the early mid nineties. You could do it in the mid eighties, but the depth wasn't quite there. It is now, and I fucking love it. All right, our back takeouts for today. It's Friday, at our back, and you know what that means? Oh yeah, ice cold four for one TGIF Fosters can- cans, full of icy cold Fosters lager. That's right, no Australian drinks this horse piss, but we'll flog it off to you, Yanks, and call it Australian for beer. Only at Outback. And today's flame-grilled take is... Andrew Wiggins clearly deserves to be an All-Star. Just look at his team record, and he's on and off. (laughs) Nah, I can't do it. Oh, God. Maybe it's a flame-grilled take to say that he should be because he's bloody good and he was a number one pick, but God damn. How about a flame-grilled take... Andrew Wiggins being an all-star starter is proof that Adam Silver no longer deserves to be NBA commissioner. This never would have happened under the watchful eye of David Stern. Only at Outback. To be honest, it wouldn't. He <laughs> would have uh, joshed the numbers somehow. And it would have been hilarious, but whatever. I can't get Ben out of shape about we go. All right, Australian Player Watch, the Luke Longley Award, and the game previews right after this one. Uh,
1: This is Mick Kay, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right,
0: Australian player watch today. It's pretty quick, pretty easy, because it was just Aussie Matty T in action. Uh, starting in, played a really good game. And, like, the Lakers are the sort of perfect team for him to go against, right? Like, just, they've got a lot of guards that he can just fucking terrify <laughs> and terrorize. That's what he did. He had eight points. He shot four of six from the floor. The only two shots he missed were both threes. Uh, so he ends up with eight points, two rebounds, two assists, four steals, a block, and one turnover. Maddie T, reckon fools out there today. I loved it. And actually, uh, the Luke Longley Memorial bloke just does their bloody job. Role player of the day award uh, of the week was. It was just a nice reminder today. So sixteen minutes. Danny Green played today. He hit three threes, and I think all three of them sort of came at just like a time where you're like, ah, God damn, if you're a Lakers fan, you're like, fuck, man, Danny Green. Just every time. 16 minutes goes three of eight from the floor. Three of seven of which were from downtown for his nine points. Two rebounds. Doesn't do much else to Danny Green. He's going to launch his threes. He's not going to terrorize you when it comes to points too much. He's sort of getting to a point where he's a little bit too old, but Can still nail some back-breaking threes. And talk about just knowing your bloody job in the most Luke Longley way possible. Danny Green gets it. Like, this is a Sixers roster that's, like, pretty heavy on the uh, sort of swing man, shoot some threes, and uh, play some defense guys, right? You've got Matty T. You've got Corkmaz. You've got Maxi, You've got Isaiah Joe, if you want to ever play him. Uh, And obviously Seth... Curry when he's back out there but and uh, even Shake Milton but Danny Green's out there just coming off the bench at the moment doing his bloody job knocking in threes when he needs to alright the Penny Mills game day baller game day twitter check in this is just bangers all bangers all the time because bangers being out there and uh, you know responding to uh, the story that went up today was just one of the nicest fucking things, I thought. Because, uh, so Windy does that thing and Bangers basically just tweets out after it. Uh, he's responding to Peter Hallier saying, thanks for all the support. Uh, even to Delhi absolutely loved all that one. Like, the Delhi replies were just amazing. Uh, so Delhi tweets out, so happy Aaron Baines is doing better and making great progress on the road to recovery. Love you, big fella. And uh, <laughs> Bangers tweets back, thanks Delhi. Same to Jingles. Appreciate it, bro. See you soon. After Jingles said, great teammate and friend. Glad Aaron Baines is getting back to himself after his injury. And then just the simple fact that Bangers is out there tweeting out, thankful for the support. Gonna give it it everything. Flex emoji. Just fucking ruined me. So, happy he's back. Happy he's feeling good. Hope happy he's on the road to recovery. Bangers, we love you. You know that. All right, let's do some game previews for the weekend. Game previews! Game previews! Thanks inadvertent, Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. You excited for the weekend? A, yes. Lots of awesome games. B, might go of the cricket tonight. See how we go. There are still lots of thunderstorms around. Either way, we went 2 of 2 on the picks today. I didn't feel great about taking both the home teams, but turns out I was right. So 413 of 715 picks so far this year. You'll take that. Uh, but yeah, nailed the uh, Sixers and nailed the uh, Warriors, so... Right, tomorrow, we've got 11 games. Orlando hosting Detroit. Oof. Tank worthy. Uh, Orlando are playing a little bit better than Detroit at the moment. They're two and a half point favorites. I'll take the Magic just to uh, get their win totals into double digits, I think. I think they're still on nine. So, uh, yeah. Detroit, look, haven't been too bad. But Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant isn't back yet. And uh, I think the Magic can pull this one off. Because they're, I mean, they are bad. Both teams are bad. Orlando just have a couple better dudes, I think, at the moment. Minus two and a half. Give me that. Boston, they go to Atlanta. This is a fascinating game. This is going to be fun as hell. Uh, Boston a two and a half point underdogs on the road in Atlanta. I'm going to take Boston. I think they just have a bit of size. And this should be a great game. I think it'll be really tight. And I think Boston could probably win this. So give me the plus two and a half. As long as Brown and Tatum actually do, you know, play an okay game at the same time. Atlanta, look they got a bit of size on the wings as well to combat that, but I think Boston will just be all right. Something about that home team Atlanta thing that just doesn't sit right this season, so give me Boston. Lakers at Charlotte. There was no line for that when I uh, went through these, so I'll just check right now and see if there is now. Lakers-Charlotte. No, there is not. It's probably because they uh, don't know if LeBron's going to play or not. Either way, I'm taking Charlotte. Even if if LeBron does play, I'm still taking the Hornets. New Orleans, they host Denver. The Pelicans are five-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. I'm going to take that. I think they're just a bit funky. Denver a bit weird. It's either going to be a really close game anyway or New Orleans could sort of run away with it. They've got a bit of size that they can sort of throw at the Joker. Let's go. Let's go, Pals. Clippers, they go to Miami. The Heat are six-and-a-half-point favorites. The Clippers just keep pulling giant comebacks out of their ass. Against Miami, though, can't see it happening. I'm going to take the Heat, minus six-and-a-half. Portland are favorites in Houston, two-and-a-half-point favorites, in fact. I'm going to take the Blazers there. On the road in Houston, Portland have been playing a little bit better of late. An offensive sort of uh, firepower game. Let's go, Blazers. Uh, Utah, they go to Memphis. I'm taking the Grizzlies minus three and a half, even if Johnny Mitchell uh, and Rudy Gobert get back, which I don't think they will be just in time for this. So give me the Grizz minus three and a half. OKC host Indy, which is a fascinating game. The Thunder are half-point favorites against Indy. Remember, Indy don't have anybody, so I'm going OKC. I think they're going to be hungry for a win for a couple of weird close ones. Chicago go to San Antonio. Their one-and-a-half-point favorites are the Bulls on the road in San Antonio. I'm going to take the Bulls. Uh, San Antonio sort of, look, they play some teams tough, as I mentioned the other day, against the Grizz. But I think Chicago are just a bit of a be- bit of a better team, and DeMar DeRozan's is going to go back there and uh, get a big win. Minnesota on a back-to-back go to Phoenix. That is a tough, tough back-to-back for them to cop. Phoenix are nine-and-a-half-point favorites, though, which seems like a lot. It really does. So this is the question. Do you think Minnesota can back up their uh, performance today in Golden State, jump on a plane, go to Phoenix, the uh, reigning Western Conference champions, and cover nine-and-a-half? I just don't think so. I think the Suns will beat them and beat them pretty handily. And then the last game tomorrow is Milwaukee hosting the Knicks. Awesome. Nine and a half point favorites of the Bucks. I'm taking that in a heartbeat because the Knicks are a rabble at the moment. So give me the Bucks. Sunday, we have five games. Boston go to the New Orleans Pelicans after playing in Atlanta. If the Pels beat Denver, I reckon they could win that one, but I'm going to take Boston. Uh, I just think they're a better team. Dallas host Indy. Indy on a back-to-back after playing in OKC. I'll take the Mavs. Philly play Sacramento. Talk about rabbles. Give me the Sixers. Miami on a back-to-back. Take on Toronto. But Miami have those two games at home. So... That'd be an interesting one. If Fred Van Vliet, you got Lowry playing against his old team. I'm going to go Miami. Memphis, they host Washington. Memphis on a back-to-back, but that's another home back-to-back. I think I'll take the Grizz. It's a bit of a tough one, taking two home back-to-back teams in a row. Anyway, Brooklyn, they go to Golden State. I'm going to take Brooklyn to uh, break their run of weird, shitty losses against the Warriors and because you'll have, hopefully, James Harden and Kyrie Irving both playing. Monday, we start at 5 a.m. for the Lakers-Atlanta. I'm going the Hawks. This Lakers uh, road trip might get a bit leery on them. Give me the Hawks there, though. Charlotte hosts the Clippers. I'll take the Hornets. Chicago hosts the Blazers. And I'm going to take the Bulls. Ooh, that's a uh, Martell Webster ball. The LaMarcus Aldridge-Tyas Thomas ball. Love it. No, the Martell Webster one was uh, the Wolves, sorry. This is the Tyus Thomas-LaMarcus Aldridge ball. Chicago will beat the Blazers. Cleveland they go to Detroit. Give me the Cavs in a heartbeat. Dallas, they go to Orlando. The Mavs should win that one. I don't know if they will, but they should. Denver go to Milwaukee. I think this is a bit of a uh, swoon here for Denver. I'm going to take the Bucks. Utah go to Minnesota. Rough run here for Minnesota. Utah, I think, can uh, maybe, maybe win that one. San Antonio go to Phoenix. And I'll take the Suns. And there we go. That's Monday. Can't wait. And that's when we'll be back to wrap up all those games for you. Yes. Yes, mate. Should be good. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, face the IG, all over the socials, even on the weekends. Bit of pub cricket this weekend, should be a bit gnarly. Either way, uh, NFL Australia as well, myself and Gaz, go check that out. Go check out Eagles Australia with Gaz too. Uh, but either way, a great, great show this week on NFL Australia, talking about the divisional round, which was just absolutely bonkers, and the upcoming championship weekend. Uh, go check out World Wrestling Australia on YouTube. Stay up to date with all the stuff that Adam's doing. slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Why not celebrate bangers feeling good with one of those rose gold T-shirts? i only got a few of those left. Uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app. Get around Manscaped.com. Use that code Straya. You get 20% off and free shipping with that code dot com. You get a free six-pack with the code Straya And Knowable.fyi or Knowable from your app store. Bang in that code Straya And you'll also get Twin himself getting smarter. All right. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Jerk out the new band House Hats, though. They're really good. Uh, Joshua De La Rentis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex, should I, Grand Granite and Dozers are also all behind the Tunesy here throughout the show. So smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J on Earth, Apple Music, Spotify, however you listen to your chance. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, and so should you. All right. That's the end of the week. Uh, we'll finish off with a classic cooking with Bainsey, and it's a recipe given to him by a good mate of his. So maybe one who snuck into a Japanese hospital... Pretending to be a doctor. <laughs> Amazing! Alright, we'll catch you on Monday, you dickheads. Have a great weekend. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And later, Jose. not nah.
1: Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainesy. with your host Aaron bangers Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Oh, look at you over there. Oh, yes. I see you over there, Cheryl. You're here every week. Oh, love you too. Oh, love you too, hon. Yes, look at you. Oh, this is great. Oh, thank you. come on. Oh, settle down. Settle down. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thanks for that. That's Ripper. All right, g'day. Welcome to Cooking with Bainesy, and I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. Yep, that's it. Cooking with Bainsey. I love this. And in this here episode, we are going to whip you up one of my absolute favourite Australian classics that you can have whenever. You can have it for brekkie. You can have it for lunch. You can have it for tea. It is that absolute modern Australian classic. It's avocado toast. Oh, yes. That's right. It's an absolute dozzy classic now, mate. And after I got this recipe from my little mate, Deli, I love me some avo taste and oh, maybe not as much as my mate, Deli. (laughs) You know what I mean? But anyway, it's easy as, mate, I punch through enough of this that it definitely helps me keep up this physique. You know what I mean? Every brekkie I'm on this train. So I reckon you better jump on board. All right. So it is bloody simple, mate. All you got to do is go down to your soupy and just grab a loaf of whatever bread you like to toast up. Me, I like a bit of multigrain. I like a little bit more crunch in my toast. Just like the screens I set for the Celtics, a bit of crunch is what I like. Then I grab a ripe old avo, grab a lemon on your way out, and away we go. All right, now. And this is very important. A lot of people try to do fancy shit to avo toast. And look, you can if you really, really want to get all fancy-pantsy. You can put some goat's cheese on there. You can some put some tomatoes in there. You can put a bit of red onion if you feel like it. Sprinkle some of that bullshit ducker, which I think is just fucking crumbs or whatever the fuck shit it is. But anyway, all you actually need to do is keep it simple as, mate. Toast. Avo bit of lemon. So it's simple. Fang your bread in the toaster. Then sit back, crack a tin, and let it all get nice and browned up. Doesn't matter what time of the day it is either. When you're cracking a tin and cooking with Bainesy, it's always time for a tin. So... Now, slice up your avo, dump it into a bowl, scoop it out. Yep, there you go. Scoop her out into a bowl. Now, mush that bastard up into a paste. Just mush her up. There you go. Just mush her up. Fuck it. There you go. Yep. Now, once that's done, it's all mushed up, all nice. Get your knife. Now, your taste is done. She's popped up. Get your toast out. Now, slather that avo all over your toast about, oh, you go one to two inches thick, I reckon. That's how I usually go, eh? Absolute, just smother it in Avo. Beautiful. Oh, look at that. They drizzle a bit of lemon on top and away we go. Just bloody well. Look at that. Put a bit of salt and pepper on top and all you have to do then, get your bloody munch on. Oh, how good is that? It is an absolute bloody ripper of a treat. The best bit is it's good for any time of day. Bracky Avo toast. Lunch, avo toast. Two, avo toast. It's just bloody delicious, mate. And look, of course, you got to make sure you get your avos when they're in season or else you'll never be able to afford a bloody house. All right, how easy was that? Thanks to my little mate Delly for the recipe, and I hope you all enjoy it too. All right, avo taste. Legendary. All right, tune in next week for a brand-new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of... Cooking with Mindy!